Good evening, and welcome to our podcast. We will be talking about the D.B. Cooper uh, case in History Decoded by Keith Farrell with me, Jacob Kent, Liam, say hi, Liam, hi. Uh, Lane, Lily, and Fabiha. In the whole history uh, of the USA, only one aviation hijacking remains unsolved, and that is the case of D.B. Cooper. The, uh, the, the mysterious case of D.B. Cooper was plotted perfectly, and in this podcast, we will uncover the secrets of the legendary hijacking that perplexes the FBI even today. We will ask three questions about it, too, and that is, um, yeah, that's all. Hello, my name is Lane, and today we'll be talking about the clues leading on the case of the D.B. Cooper case. So, there's been many conspiracies about it. But today we're going to be just focusing on the clues. So some of these clues were written to be that of what he looked like coming in or like at the airport. So one of those things were on the plane, he had a black case and he had like a coat on and stuff like that. And then... Well, what I think and they about were bo- that is if both of them have that case, that's a pretty good piece of evidence. Yeah. So, and then there's more to it, though, Jacob. There's the book, The Skyjacker had multiple things. They were left-handed in common, because so that, there's two people that were sus- suspects. And so both of them were left-handed, smoked, and looked like the same, and had the same haircut in general, except, yeah. Not to mention that, like, um, right after the this happened, um, uh, uh, Kenny Christensen, the main suspect of this, if you don't know already, mm-hmm. um, uh, right after that, he stopped wearing his toupee, which he had worn like always. Um, the uh, the DB Cooper, he was wearing a toupee. Yeah, and so the second guy who was thought to be DB Cooper, his name was Kenny, who already described him as well on the Cooper, and they were also both the same height. Um, on page. 61 um, is the description of his height. The man in the picture was 5'10", and Kenny was 5'8". So they were both really similar in all ways, so it was hard to figure out who was who. And then... Well, there is also the fact that he was using a military-style um, parachute. He requested a specific one. Uh, and Kenny Christensen, he was in the military, uh, being trained with a very similar type of uh, parachute and the fact that he chose this very parachute is it's kind of interesting that that would take place so there's so many similarities between these um between the suspect and um uh db cooper yeah they're basically the same person and the type of parachute that he was using also to be mentioned as jacob was saying um kenny christensen um, was in like a really elite group <coughs> in the military, and he was one of the only like few people that would even know how to use that parachute. Yeah, he was yeah. like one of like sixty or eighty. That yeah, like, like a really small group. Yeah, yeah. But you you had to pay extra for that too. Yeah. yeah. So then that'll lead in on a different section. Mm-hmm. Um. So, also the money part, it was like kind of mysterious in a way because 
he did have money in a bag, but also when he jumped out of the plane, he there was money found of a couple places of, near where he landed. And then also later, when they went to his house and like they interviewed his wife and stuff, there was money supposed to be in that hiding space, like in the walls or something. Yeah, there were many big gaps that had been hollowed out. And not to mention, also some of the places they found that money, uh, a kid found it. Just like uh, in his backyard, yeah. uh, it was found in a tree stump, and there was also some that was found in the Columbia River. Yeah. Um, um, also, to add on to like the money that he found or got or allegedly stole, um, Kenny Christensen like was kind of a middle class person um, yeah. most of his life, and then after like the date of the hijacking, um, people noticed how he like just suddenly became like more rich and he was spending yeah. make, make, making bigger purchases and like buying lending people a lot of money and buying nicer houses yeah, and stuff like immediately after it happened yeah yeah because like like maybe even a couple of days after did he like just started spending money like yeah. left and right and he worked for the airport um that it happened at so, so it'd like, be an inside job so yeah, yeah like he was, was like, he was supposed to be known around there and people like supposedly trusted him but then after that happened, they never really knew who it was at first because he wanted to keep his name unknown. Mm -hmm. But then after they found out that he's that someone's been that he's been like spending like Don't loads money. of money on everything, just like became, where did he get the money? Yeah, it's became like really obvious and stuff that like he could play a big part in that. But also one thing that was interesting was basically didn't the FBI like take pictures of all the bills mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. none of those yeah, bills were found until the kid found them by the yeah, creek yeah. Yeah. and like all the little serial codes that's the right word right? Yeah, serial yeah. code they all matched the ones that the FBI took pictures yeah. of but everything he spent didn't yeah um yeah there's a lot of evidence about this uh, yeah. is there anything else yeah um, I have like a question for like all of you to answer mm -hmm. um, so like do you think I know that it's been all about Kenny and D.B. Cooper, but do you think there could have been, like, more people involved, like, secret helpers and anything? I feel like it's very possible. I mean, well, also to mention more evidence, um, Kenny Christensen on his mm -hmm. deathbed, like, he said, I think it was to his son, he said, I have no, done his something. Brother. His brother, sorry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he said, there's something I should tell you, but I can't tell you. I, like, yeah. I need to, I need, I have to tell you something, but I can't. That, yeah. That was stuff, yeah, I agree because um, two people can't do all of that. Two people can't mm -hmm. collect that much money. That's why I feel like there's so many people secretly working for them. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it could have been hiding, like when, because like the money was all spread out and everything. Yeah, so, yeah, like he couldn't. He would have had to like go everywhere, and yeah. he would have just had like probably no. helpers. Yeah. Now back to like the spending. Um, uh, it says on uh, page 42 of the book, um, uh, Christensen never earned more than $512 a month. That's like a month, which uh, even in the early 70s didn't go f uh, very, very far. So, and then like yet within um, a couple of days, a, like a couple of days uh, after the skyjacking, all of a sudden his spending goes up far beyond what he was actually earning. Yeah. But at the same time, it still doesn't make sense, and like, where all the money came from, because it didn't match the serial codes. And there was also a picture of him with the same exact stuff that Kenny Christensen had yeah. Alright, so, that's gonna, that's gonna conclude the ending of our, of this section of the clues on the D.B. Cooper case.
Okay, we close the book now for this section. In order to understand a little more about this, uh, we're going to talk to Fabiha, who uh, understands exactly like what happened. Um, according to History Decoded, he passed a suspicious note to a flight attendant saying that if he didn't get $200,000, he would bomb the plane. Soon they evacuated the plane and eventually they gave him the money. With the money in hand, he jumps off the plane, no one knowing whether he lived or died. Now let's look at the facts. Alright, so the author of History Decoded, Brad Meltzer, um, he interviewed a parachute and ex-military member, Larry Yount. Um, so Larry Yount was analyzing the jump that D.B. Cooper did, which basically he was on a 727 aircraft going approximately 200 miles per hour at a cruising altitude of 10,000 feet. Um, with a 22-pound bag of money. So they were asking Larry if it was possible for him to survive this. And Larry Yount said that military men often have over 150 pounds of equipment, um, and he's jumped out of planes going, like, almost as fast as D.B. Cooper. And okay. further to, like, prove this, people actually pay extra, like, when they're parachuting to recreate the exact jump that D.B. Cooper did. And uh, all this is quoted within the book. Um, and uh, um, uh, a little bit more detail about it. Uh, on November 24th, 1971, uh, someone, a passenger using the name Dan Cooper, um, while flying uh, on Orient, uh, Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305, uh, he hijacked the aircraft and after threatening to blow up the, uh, uh, the plane with a bomb, uh, he demanded four parachutes and uh, $200,000. Um, fearing an explosion, the plane was diverted with an emergency landing, evacuating everybody. The plane then took off again with him on it. Uh, as they opened up a door uh, yeah, on the back of the at the back of the, the plane, plane, he uh, jumped out. Yeah. And now... It was never seen from again. Just like a small... Oh, sorry. Yeah. In the book, it also... In the book, History Decoded, it also mentions um, that people are also argumented on that if it was even possible but like Lily said like he was like a trained Air Force pilot man in the army who paid extra yeah. and who, who could right here it says who, oh I'm sorry who could learn how to jump out of planes like that at that height and that speed of a cruising altitude yeah like um, right here on page just not say 48, it says that Larry Yount is a parachute expert with more than 200 military jumps and more than 4,000 civilian skydives. And in another part, it says he's made military jumps from aircraft that are traveling at speeds of up to 150 miles an hour. And Dan Cooper's was at 200. So it's not actually that big of a difference. He could probably make a 200 mile per hour dive yeah. if he really wanted to. And they have a parachute, so he slows down. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is that he demanded more than one parachute to yeah. jump out of the plane. So but there hasn't been information on if he just had extra or if there was more people involved. So that, so that kind of makes me think, like going back to the last segment, of more people involved in helping him. Yeah, on the other hand also, he could have used the parachutes to like 
drop the money mm-hmm. in different places so he could go pick it up later or like if he had accomplices to go pick it up because um i remember on the some part in the book and like the looking at evidence section um like money was found in like the wilderness and like why would it be there yeah or maybe it could have been like to like if, like, someone, like, showed up to see, like, to shoot him out of this guy or something. Yeah. He could have, like, used yeah. it to divert them and see if mm-hmm. he had, like, another person as, like, a hostage. Actually, I just think, I just realized something. So, this is kind of a connection to other, like, skydiving conspiracies I've seen. Um, sometimes they'll, like, just drop crates with parachutes. So, that way they don't shoot because if there's, like, more than one person, they sometimes think it's, like, hostages. Yeah. So, he could have just done that so that he wasn't shot from the sky. Um, so... Well, what exactly do all of you people that are listening to this think? Um, and uh, I, th- I think this is going to be the, uh, what? Keep going? Um, would you guys do the jump if you had a chance to? I think I would. I, no, I wouldn't. I think I would go skydiving, but maybe I don't think I would do the jump that D.B. Cooper did. I wouldn't go skydiving anyway. Yes, yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's too dangerous and my health insurance doesn't cover it. But, um, uh, is that all? Okay. Well, uh, that's the end of this section. What do all of you guys think? And now we're going to pass it on to Liam in a little bit to, uh, for our conclusion. And then we have a commercial. Well, in conclusion, all of us have different views on the D.B. Cooper case, but only one thing is really important on this case. Your viewing on it is important. You are the detective on the case, and it is important because with everyone's opinion, one of them could be correct, and the one that is correct could be yours. So keep making those theories. Thank you for listening. This has been Conspiracies Through the Eyes of Eighth Graders. And now now we have a commercial from Schlocko Insurance. I mean, um... Destructo. Have you ever done a daring stunt? If you haven't, don't skip this commercial. Come to Demand and Jump if you think you're hardcore enough to reenact the D.B. Cooper stunt. By doing this, you'll be giving $2,000 for free and jump out of a plane at 200 miles per hour. Ooh, um, so if you are daring enough to do so, go to demandandjump.com and... That's not my part. Oh, it is? Oh, uh, and get your plane tickets now and have the thrill of your lifetime for only $150. Warnings, following action can be harmful to others. Only itches, 18 and up. Great, uh, great, uh, can attempt to stunt. And remember, in return, you will get $2,000 because you demanded it.